Hey y'all, it's Matty K coming back at you again. We've got some bonus content here this week. I'm with the man, the myth, the legend, the meme lord himself, Mr. Mance Raider, the artist formerly known as Mance Raider, Pete Raymond. Pete, how's it going, man? Hey, Matt. What's going on, man? I'm doing well. Just uh, just living the dream here. Pete, we've got a relatively, I wouldn't say too diverse um, audience, but we definitely have some folks who are not anarchists that listen to the show. So why don't you give us a brief introduction of, of who you are for the folks who don't know the name Pete Raymond or Mance Raider? Um, <laughs> well, Mance Raider is obviously a, a moniker I took after the Game of Thrones character. When I first started doing my podcast, mostly because I just wanted to remain anonymous and, um, you know, have a day job. I didn't want people showing up or calling my company and complaining about things sure. I say on the Internet. And then after things really started to blow up, it was just like I got pulled aside by a couple of people. And they're like, yeah, you're just going to have to. Yeah, it's probably a good idea to do the, you know, to go by your your name now. So, yeah, I did that back um, September. I came out of the closet <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, I've been an anarchist for 10 years, 11 years now. Um, came in through Ron Paul 2007, followed his, you know, his whole campaign and everything. And then his book, Foreign Policy of Freedom, they mentioned the Mises Institute in the back of it. So I started ordering Mises, uh, things from Mises, Murray Rothbard, and it took probably... It wasn't the normal six months for me. It probably took me a year when I read. I, I went to a Campaign for Liberty event, and I got to talk to Tom Woods, sure. Ron Paul, and Lou Rockwell. And I picked up Lou Rockwell's book, Left to Right in the State, which basically like starts out with him saying how drunk driving laws are immoral. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, this is like, yeah, this is the kind of stuff I like. I I really like turning the screws on people by making arguments like that. And um, yeah, after I read that book and he just basically laid out the depravity of government, I was in, I've been an anarchist ever since. And uh, yeah, and started the podcast in July of 2017, one episode a week. After a while, I took it up to two episodes a week and now doing Monday, Wednesday and Friday episodes every week. So yeah, you know, and uh, a lot of people seem to like the podcast a lot. It's one of those things where I talk about what I want to talk about and the guests that I have on are people that I want to talk to. I don't know that I've ever had a guest on because I'm like, oh, I think people will really like this. It's always more like this is someone that I want to talk to. If other people like it, that's cool. You know, so, I mean, I've had socialists on. I've had I've had leftists on. I've had um yeah, just whoever I really feel like talking about at the time, uh, whoever I feel like talking to at the time. Right. And then you've also written two books as well, right? And in the process of writing a third. Uh, there you the go. First one, the first one, Freedom Through Memedom, was just an idea that I I had sitting at my desk at work one day. I was like, I remembered church days and um, these daily devotionals. Mm-hmm. 
and how, you know, it was like usually two facing pages and there'd be like a Bible verse over here and a commentary on it over here. And it was supposed to be like something to start your day off with or something or something like that. Right. And I got the idea of doing the same exact thing, except putting a meme on one side and then commenting on the meme on the other side with my goal of being that it would take 31 days to go through it. And if you did it, I wanted to lay out a 31 day argument for hating the state and wanting to abandon the state. And I think um, that book is that book still sells on Amazon. I still get orders for it off my website. I think it's really going to probably be my, you know, the legacy of writing, although my new book probably will sell better because it's uh, I'm not really saying what what it's about, but it's on a subject that a lot of people are interested in. And uh, I think a lot of people will get it just because it's going to be more of an apologetic. Um, and it's the, the difference is the first two books I wrote, the second book I wrote was the kids are not all right. It was my take on uh, political correctness and what's going on on college campuses and spilling right. off. And, but this new book is like, it's all research. So like today it's like I, for two and a half hours, I sat there with like four books in front of me and a podcast I did. And there's two full, three full length documentaries that I'm taking stuff for. So I'm like, okay, this is the first subject I'm talking about. Okay. I got to get from this and this and this and this. And I'm like, oh crap, what am I getting into here? But you know, um, I think this is, this is one that could actually, um, strike, I mean, maybe even a little bit of commercial kind of success, but we shall see. Yeah. We'd certainly be happy to see that. I mean, it's always good to to spread the, the message in a, a way that's, you know, you can sneak it into the, the popular culture that way. Right. So yeah. maybe sneak yeah. up on some people. Um, and so you were also very popular on Twitter. Um, <laughs> lots of memes got pushed out, but recently something happened. What tell us about that? Well, I mean, I was, you know, hanging out on Twitter on a Friday night, doing what people do on yeah, Friday as nights, you do. <laughs> um, imbibing and, um, maybe other stuff. And some jackass was just, uh, you know, talking about how, oh, if it was a libertarian society and there was no, there was no government, if I got pulled into court, I would, um, I wouldn't even go. And I'm like, well, you know, uh, you know, and, and I'm, th I'm thinking, you know, he's, he's not a total psychopath and he's just talking about like, you know, a dispute of some kind of sure, sort, sure. sort and everything. And, you know, I went, you know, my, my go-to on, on that theory is Bob Murphy's like, well, you know, your name and your reputation's all you have would have in that kind of, uh, scenario. So, you know, people aren't going to do business with you. People won't rent to you, you know, if they know you're bad person like that and, you know, someone who can't be trusted or someone who will not be held accountable. And, you know, he made the comment, he's like, oh, Pete Raymond says that, um, says if you rape and steal in a, you know, in his society, he'll just wreck your credit score. <laughs> and I basically said, no, I, I said, oh, I thought we were, you know, I didn't realize we were talking about real criminals. No, in that case, I'll just blow your fucking head off. Coming off the and, top um, Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Which, I mean, and I'm not talking about theft either. What, my idea of theft is, even in this society, I would love to, to see theft handled where the person, you know, get, was forced to give you back what they stole. Yeah, the offended party has to be made whole. Yeah, yeah, and that's the way and that's the way it should work. And once they sure. do that, well, they're off the hook. They don't have to go to jail or anything right, like that. Right. But, I mean, a rapist? man, that person's getting a bullet through their head. I'm sorry. I'm just, sure. you, know, <laughs> you know, so, um, 
Yeah, and you know, so Twitter. I don't know if it was AI, if it was AI, their algorithms, or you know, if it was an actual human. But they said that that you know that is making it an overt threat and nuked my account. Now I've been suspended on Twitter before. Sure. What they do is they make you take down the offending post and then usually have a day off or, or three days or something. And, you know, while you're doing that, you could still post in like private messages, DMS and stuff like that. But no, this was total nuke. And, you know, they basically sent me an email saying, yeah, your account has been destroyed and everything. And it's nice um, of them. yeah, but, um, you know, they say, well, you know, you can appeal it here. So I started the appeals process on Saturday morning and I just checked and it's still in process. So. Okay. So you're not sure yet if it's going to be a permanent ban or if you'll be able to get let back on. I, yeah, man, I have no idea at this point. I'm, I mean, I have no idea. I, I, I'm lean, especially after what I saw with YouTube today, mm -hmm. I'm leaning towards it's going to be a permanent ban. Okay. So because yeah, they, they tend to go cross plat cross platform. I mean, I was waiting, I'm waiting to be like deplatformed on Facebook too. And yeah, I was going to ask with all this other stuff going on with, with Crowder and especially it's been going on for the past several months, right? I mean, you've got alleged alt-right accounts and just right-leaning accounts getting purged left and right. So are you constantly in fear that that's going to happen to you? Do you think now that you've been banned from Twitter that it's going to spread to to Facebook, well, to Instagram. I, I don't have it. As far as for per personally, I, I mean, it's not a fear. Mm -hmm. It's just, it just is what it is. Just waiting for it. Yeah. You know, and well, what's crazy is I was sitting, I was sitting on the couch with my wife on Sunday and I think she was editing a podcast, one mm -hmm. of her podcasts. And I was on YouTube and I was trying to see how many views my latest podcast had. And I couldn't get into my account. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm like, YouTube friggin' nuked me. Great. This is awesome. But it just happened. There was something going on with YouTube. Sure. And uh, yeah, so and I just checked to see if any of my episodes had disappeared because, you know, I have like five episodes on Waco and an episode on Oklahoma on the Oklahoma City bombing where right. Scott Horton and I look at the real truth, not what the bullcrap official story that some some ex army guy went and bombed a, a federal building yeah, by exactly. himself. Total garbage. I mean, that's been proved. <laughs> you can you can look online and find out it was all Nazis in Elohim City. Sure, but, sure. Um, but you know, so but yeah, I mean, everything's still up for right now. So, you know, so far, so shall, good. We shall see. Yeah. So, so what's your thought on on these type of bannings? I mean, I know yours might be a little bit different, right? You might have got you might have got caught up in an algorithm. But with some of these right-leaning type accounts getting banned for just the sake of being deemed alt-right, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think you know Twitter's a private organization, they have the right to do that? Or is there some sort of different thought with the you know, quasi-governmental influence with these types of organizations? Does that change how you think about it? Well, I mean, I think so. Some of the alt right accounts are, you know, really benign and everything. Sure. And there are some alt right accounts out there that I consider to be just friggin' offensive. But sure. that doesn't mean that I want to. I want people who are offensive to be out in the open. Yeah, you know, I don't want them retreating to the recesses of and the open for ridicule. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. be able to. I want to be able to see the kind of stupidity that they're putting out out there. Sure. You know. Yeah. And what's funny is. 
you know, some people have been like, oh, you know, it's not surprising they got rid of you. You know, look at everything <laughs> they're doing to the right. And I'm like, people on the right think I'm like, a, I know a lot of people on the right who think I'm a left libertarian. And I know a lot of people on the le left libertarians who think I'm on the right. So it's like, <laughs> I'm, I just think I'm a consistent government hater. Yeah. You know, people are like, you know, well, what's your problem with what's your problem with the border? I'm like police because police are in charge of it. Yeah. That the feds and, think and, they control it and they're low IQ and you're going to you're going to put a bunch of low. I mean, remember that thing from like 20 years ago where they said that they were like police departments where if you had too high an IQ, they wouldn't hire you. Exactly. It's like, that's awesome. Yeah. And then you have a whole <laughs> bunch of people who are coming back from friggin Afghanistan, Iraq and everywhere else in the Middle East who are PST to death and now uh, PTSD to death. And now they're becoming police officers. It's like, sure. oh, that's wonderful. I know a cop here in Georgia. He's like, he's like, I don't even like to work with, with a fellow cop unless I know he was in the military and that he was in the infantry. Oh my God. Well, like, yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. That's yeah. No, we, one of our earlier shows was on that and it's, it, it sort of begs the question, is that sort of the problem that we're seeing now with policing is because of that phenomenon with people coming back who a may have low intelligence and B are seriously affected by the things that they've been made to do and made to see overseas. And then they come back and they, they strap on a badge and a gun and, you know, just continue well, the battlefield here at home. And then they come back and they strap on a badge and a gun and right-leaning people worship them. Exactly. And if they kill somebody's nine-pound chihuahua, they say, oh, that dog deserved it. Or if they shoot a kid, well, it's the parent's fault. If sure. they shoot the parent, well, they should have just listened to what they were told. There is no authority outside of yourself. I mean, you can you can give other people authority over you, mm -hmm. but you can't tell people that they can have authority over other people. Sure. It's illogical. Sure. You can't if you can't have authority over me, how the hell are you going to tell somebody else that they can have authority over me? Come on. That's a joke. I mean, that's like the, one of the main, you know, one of the main themes of freedom through memedom how the, of my first book. It's like, how the hell are you allowing? How can somebody give authority to somebody else that they don't have? Oh, you have the right to kill that person if they don't listen to you. Oh, do you have a right to kill me if I don't listen to you? Oh, no, but that's different. He has a Halloween costume and a gun. Exactly. A shiny badge. And he said an oath. Come on. Come on. Come on. This makes no sense whatsoever. And so, and then, of course, what's going to be, you know, what I hear all the time from ex-military on, on the Internet. And, you know, well, you have to live in the real world. What what's that? Where you're a tax feeder? Where you went and got a job so that you can feed off of, of other people? You know, people's tax money. You know, government employees don't pay taxes. And right. I love to, I love pointing that out because that pisses people off. <laughs> government employees do pay taxes. No, government employee is basically paid the same way as if a bank robber. If if there was five guys on a, on a bank robbing crew and they went in there and they split it five ways and then one person decided, oh well, I need thirty percent of your take. That's mm -hmm. basically how a government employee gets fucking paid. Exactly. Give me a, give me a break. Their tax fee. The great Will Grigg, rest in peace. And he's got a and Scott Horton is putting out a book of his best writings, like you know his anti-authoritarian police writings, and um. I love the phrase tax feeder because tax feeder <laughs> is the perfect name for a cop. It's very descriptive. Just a tax feeder. That's it. Maybe even better than road pirate. 
Oh, tax feeder. <laughs> tax. If someone called me, if someone called me a road pirate, I'd be like, that's hilarious. If yeah. someone called me a tax feeder, I'd be pissed. Exactly. So getting back to the whole social, social media thing, is there any content that you think deserves to be banned from social media? Well, I mean, if, if the platforms were 100% private, mm-hmm. then they can ban anything they want. You know, I mean, sure. I, I think, I mean, Facebook, I mean, Glenn Greenwald did a great, did a great article a year and a half ago that Facebook removes accounts at the behest of the American and Israeli government. <laughs> you know, so if the Israeli, if someone in the Israeli government calls up, you know, Facebook headquarters and said, you need to take this account down, boom, they take it down. It's nuked. And, and who is, um, who's the, um, the Atlantic council I think is now, you know, that's the, the, the think tank was right. Uh, right. Neocon think tank. They're yep. the ones who are policing on Facebook. What's wrong. And the ADL oh, that's just perfect. Yeah. And the, the, um, the anti-defamation league praised YouTube today, you know, YouTube today. And, um, you know, you have, and now you have journalists doxing, um, normal poor, people, poor minorities, you know, poor minorities in the Bronx who just, exactly. you know, happen to have the sin of liking Donald Trump or, you know, and right. I, it's I'm, the world is a sewer, man. The I agree. World, I mean, and, and social media is the worst and Twitter is Twitter's the worst out of all of them because these quote unquote journalists who get to hide behind the first amendment get on there and they just act like they're holier than thou. But one of the great things about Twitter is you get to see exactly how low IQ they are. <laughs> you know, and, and it's obvious too. I mean, I've, I've destroyed so many journalists on, on there, you know, and then they just block you. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, but you know, I have an episode coming out this Friday, the seventh with Jeff Deist. And what we talked about is Jeff's a lawyer. He's a president of the Mises Institute. He's a lawyer. And, um, you know, he's actually trying to figure out what can be done to fight this from a libertarian standpoint where you won't violate your libertarian ethos. Sure. And, you know, I think he makes, he makes some good, uh, some good arguments and, but you know, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy because um, you don't want to use the force of the government. Right. You know, so. so so in that vein, is there a platform you would recommend or a place for libertarian-minded people to go? I mean, should people go to Mines or, should, or go to Gab or go somewhere else? I know you're on MeWe as well. Gab what's what's the solution here? Gab is cancer. And I'm not even talking about alt-right. I'm talking about whenever I post on there, it's always boomers who are coming after me. I sure, sure. I can deal with I can deal with hardcore alt-right more than I can boomers. Um, <laughs> but well, I mean, they're the worst generation ever, and they just everything that we see, everything bad that's happening in the world right now, they did. But um, Miwi's okay. I mean, I've only been on there for a little while. Um, I like binds. Instagram is great. If you're just doing memes, Instagram mm-hmm. is great, man. You can just pop those up there and boom. Throw them up boom. and turn off the notifications and let it rip. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I have my alt Twitter account that that I'm using. I'm still throwing stuff up there, but I'm making a concerted effort to stay off of there and not have any conversations and everything right, while I'm right. doing that. Um, but, I mean, really, it's 
I've heard Liberdon is good. A lot of people like Liberdon because it is decentralized, but I'm not a really huge fan of the interface. Is that one of um, the Mastodon yeah, yeah, pieces? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's supposed to be decentralized. Pretty right. Much put up anything you want there. And um, my my private Patreon group is on Discord. Okay. So I use Discord as well. I mean, there's things out there. It's just that they're not going to become popular in people until people en masse decide to leave Facebook and uh, Twitter. Sure. You know, and the the fact that there are quote unquote famous people, blue check marks that you can go on there and absolutely destroy and humiliate, you know, well, they're not going to go anywhere else. So it's like people stay there to, you know, interact with the, the, <laughs> the powers that be. Right. Right. So Pete with, uh, with all the libertarian podcasts coming out, it, it seems like you're not a real libertarian or anarchist unless you have a podcast. Do you have any recommendations for new podcasters? Yeah, I'll tell you exactly how I did it. And, and I've told people to do this and they just don't want to do it. They have excuses. You got to do something that I wrote a book mm -hmm. and I wrote, I wrote the book and I, when I first got on Twitter, Scott Horton started following me before I followed him. So then I followed him and sure. then we, then I asked him to come on my podcast. That was like, episode 23 or something like that. My first 15 episodes, first 17 episodes were solo episodes, just me. Then I started interviewing people and he was like the second or third person to come on. And we really, we really hit it off. We had a lot in common. And, um, you know, just so when I wrote my book, I sent it to him and everything. And I said, what do you think of this? And he's like, I think it's really good. I'm like, you want to write a forward for it? And he's like, sure. So he wrote a forward for it. I put it out. And when I made the announcement about, you know, the, the announcement on Twitter that I had written a book and Scott wrote the forward for it and everything, um, Dave Smith picked it up and um, saw that Scott had endorsed it with the forward. And so nice. Dave, asked, Dave asked me to go on part of the problem and talk about it. Sure. And then Tom, you know, then Dave's like, so I'm like, well, you know, of course I want to, I'd love to go on Tom Wood's show. Exactly. Like that. So, so D Dave reached out to Tom and then Tom hit me up and I went on Tom's show. And then, um, you know, I just started picking up a lot more downloads from there and everything. And then I wrote my second book and I went back on part of the problem and I went back on Tom's show and it's been a steady, steady climb in the rest uh, is history in downloads. And, and then recently when I was in New York, I was in studio with Dave and uh, I saw a real good spike in downloads. So it's, I mean, that's awesome. You're, you know, there are some huge libertarian, if you're, if you're starting a libertarian anarchist podcast, um, there are big shows out there that can, where you can get notoriety, where you can get your name out there. Sure. You got to do something to, you know, ask them to come on the show. Right. You know, ask, have them ask you to come on the show and, you know, writing a book or writing a really good article that, you know, Libertarian Institute, where I write and I post my episodes, Scott Horton's up, uh, website, Scott Horton and Sheldon Richmond, um, they take submissions from anyone. If it's good, they'll um, they'll put it on there. You know, if it's a spicy article about something, you know, who knows? Tom might you know, Tom might ask you to come on and talk about it. That sure. is my that, you know, that is my that's how I did it. So I'm just telling you how I did it, you know, so, noted, definitely. Sure noted. Yeah. I mean, you can go ahead and buy really expensive, you know, 
advertising space on, you know, Tom or Dave's or Lions of Liberty mm -hmm. or mine and um, get some notoriety. But it'd be better to just put a little sweat equity into it. That's my opinion. Sure. Like with most things. The main impetus for this podcast and the reason that we put it together through through much prodding from my my co-host and from Car Camp and from the Fagcast is to try and create, I guess, sort of an information base or at least food for thought for conservatives who have libertarian leanings, people who want to be part of the liberty movement, don't really know where to start. So do you have any advice for new anarchists or, or people that they're maybe part of the Republican Party or they consider themselves a conservative, but they think something's wrong. What's, what's the next best step? Should they start reading your books? Is there another book they should read? Is, are there podcasts they should listen to? I mean, you can, you can read my first book, Freedom Through Memedom. I think that I've had people tell me, I mean, I'm not saying this, but I've had like Keith Knight from the don't, um, don't tread on anyone podcast mm -hmm. and Liberty weekly, um, he, he told me that next to he puts my first book right next to Larkin Rose's most dangerous superstition book. That's, and I know that that's quite know, an endorsement. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. So, um, th th those are two good books to read. Um, I would really ask people to get Murray Rothbard's anatomy of the state. I mean, you can go to Mises.org. You can download it for free. It's a free sure. PDF. Um, read that. Read, you can get economics in one lesson on Mises.org for free. That's another great book that, you know, it, to me, anarch, to understand anarchism, you have to start under, understanding economics, too. I mean, they go hand in hand. Right. I mean, you're, it's commerce. It's exchange, free exchange. But, I mean, I would really recommend anyone read Anatomy of the State by Rothbard. It's 60 pages. I mean, right. it's, it's, it's shorter than my book. Yeah. You can I mean, read it in the so, afternoon. Yeah. You know, you can read it in one sitting if you want to. And, um, I love the way that book starts out. He doesn't start out by telling you what the state is. He starts out by telling you what the state isn't. Exactly. And that's what you need to hear. You need to start with negative rights. You need to hear, you know, you got to remember, we don't have rights. We have negative rights. Mm -hmm. I have a right to, you know, I have a reason. I have an expectation that you won't, you know, aggress against me. Sure. You, you won't try to take anything from me. Um, and that's the way he starts it out. I mean, that book is just ask any anarchist if they've read that book and they'll probably be like, yeah, that's the book that turned me into an anarchist. I, it didn't actually turn me into an anarchist. It was, <laughs> Lou, it was a Lou Rockwell book, but a, a much bigger book too. Sure. But, um, it's, uh, still pretty anatomy of the state is just where it's at. And then, yeah, no, it is a great book. And I, it didn't turn me into an anarchist either. I was already sort of there, but I did definitely enjoy the read. It helps kind of, you know, formalize your thoughts a little bit. Once you, once you make that first step and make the leap, yeah. things can it, be swirling. It, but once you get that, it's, uh, helps, helps to, solidify things. Yeah, And you have to understand when, when we say anarchist, what that means, you know, and, and I think Rothbard put it, put it best. He said, all it is, is what your relationship with the state should be. Mm -hmm. And really there really shouldn't be a state because all authority is illegitimate. You can't give other people authority, but you know, it, it doesn't mean that, um, you know, a child, a, a parent doesn't have authority over a child sure. or if somebody wants to give authority uh, that, uh, give somebody else authority over them. 
it's that there shouldn't be a monopoly on force like a government you know that tells you what tells you what to do, you can and can't do um, I mean that's nature tells you what you can and can't do you know and then people can argue oh well what, some people naturally want to kill people well that's the outlier most people don't exactly. want to kill people yeah that, that person it, is an aberration yeah I mean government has basically been designed the way they've designed government is to make you scared of the outlier sure you know and you know or you know if you hey or we can just take it take it on faith that you know most people are bad okay then why would you want them to lead you why would you want them to have exactly. complete power over you why exactly. would you want to make them cops you know so yeah that, that, that there's another thing that doesn't make any sense is you know it's like oh well you know if i don't have if i don't have the if i'm not a good enough person to govern myself mm -hmm. how can i govern 100, 350 million people. And why would I want somebody to do that? Yeah. If I don't I think people are good enough to run their own lives, why would I vote for somebody or want somebody to be in charge of everybody else's life? Yeah. Think about the anachronism that is the presidency. Mm -hmm. You have one, one person who speaks for 350 million people. There's no one that I know of that speaks for me besides sure. myself. There's no one. I mean, my wife, my wife doesn't speak for me. You know, my wife, my wife's a libertarian, but she's not an anarchist. You know, she's more of a mainstream kind of, you know, Reason Magazine kind of Cato libertarian. Mm -hmm. But I'd still rather live in that world than live in the one we're living in right now. Absolutely. Yeah. So to continue on that a little bit, um, do you see yourself as, you know, like full blown? Or are you a collapsitarian or do you see yourself as a little bit more of like an incrementalist where we should kind of take this thing apart piece by piece as rapidly as possible? but still knowing that it's a big machine and it has to be stripped down slowly. I know that's kind of a hard, hard question and a difficult topic to get into. It's, but. it's really not. Um, yeah, people should read um, a piece that Hans Hermann Hoppe wrote and it's from a speech he gave in 1997 called what must be done. Mm -hmm. I think that things should be broken up. You know, he talked about a thousand city States, you know, and you know, I mean, the United States should basically be like 10,000 Liechtensteins. Should be or that small. Yeah. Yeah. Or I don't know, however many <laughs> want, you know, or 350 million. Yeah. Three, well, yeah. I mean, that's, um, the, the, the Mises, uh, well, I think it was Rothbard. I think that, that was Rothbard to see down, yeah, down to the individual level. Yeah. Yeah. He's said, um, if Canada doesn't need to be a part of the United States, why does New York have to be part of the United States? Why does New York city have to be part of the United States? Why does Manhattan have to be part of the state? Why does 23rd street have to be part of the state? Exactly. Why, do, why does 304 West 21st street have to be? Why does apartment 21 have to be? And then why does everyone in there have to be a part of the United States? If right. Canada doesn't have to be a part of the United States and it all makes sense. Sure. Yeah. So good. Well, Pete, I think that's a good place to leave it. Anything you want to plug? What are you working on right now? Uh, well, I'm, I'm keeping the book under wraps, the subject sure. of it, because when it, when I do finally reveal the subject of it, people are going to be like, holy crap. Um, <laughs> but, but some people have actually already guessed, but free man beyond the wall podcast. That's my baby. That's, I mean, most of my time, most of my thinking goes into it. What am I going to do? Who do I want to talk to? Um, you know. Wednesdays are my day off. I don't work on Wednesdays. And I mean, like last today, I only had I had scheduled with you. And then at the last minute, I scheduled with Jeff Deist. But like the previous Wednesday, I had like an 11 o'clock, a one o'clock and a three o'clock. And, you know, that's the way I 
I, I mean, I'm just constantly, you know, evenings I do live streams and I'll do interviews and I'll do interviews on Sundays if people want to do it. It's sure. my baby, Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast. I mean, I've interviewed everybody on there from, you know, Norman Solomon, who's a hardcore, hardcore progressive, but anti-war, anti-Russia gate, you know, he sure. was great to have on, um, you know, Phil, Phil, the lead singer from, uh, from all that remains. remains. Yeah. Uh, I've had him on. I had, you know, my, my favorite episode and my, the one, the only episode that's ever made me cry is David Thibodeau, one of the Waco survivors. Yeah. That was a tough one. Yeah. That was, that was rough. People, people are like, well, so what was that like? I'm like, well, a lot of muting and, and, (laughs) and tearing up over here because that's a, Waco is a touchy subject for me. If you, if someone wants to really get me upset online, all they have to do is start taking the, uh, the mainstream media, or the, the, the government, me, the government media narrative. And, sure. um, yeah. So, but yeah, you know, and Scott Horton was on doing a history of Somali on Monday. Today we talked to a guy who worked, a guy who was in the coast guard and fought the Somali pirates. And now he's an anarchist and everything. So yeah, it was you know, a great episode. Yeah, thanks, man. I have, um, like I said, it's my baby. And if I put out an episode that people are just sort of, you know, my goal is to be excited about, personally excited about every one of my episodes. And if I put out an episode and people are just like, eh, meh, then I have to look back and see, huh, what did I really think about that episode? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I want it to be exciting for me. Right. So if people want to support you, what's the best place they can do that? I'm on Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash Mansrader. Uh, Bitbacker, I don't know, a lot of people don't know what Bitbacker is. You can uh, donate with Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, I think Litecoin as well. And uh, it's bitbacker.io. And I'm, I use my real name on there. It's Pete Raymond. The only reason I didn't change Mansrader is because then it changes the actual URL. <laughs> uh, makes things difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes things <laughs> difficult. And also um, PayPal. Um, it's uh, paypal.me forward slash Mansrader. And you can actually, I, I post up my videos, uh, I mean, my episodes on BitChute, which okay. is a um, torrent based and on there you can actually if you look under the videos there's a green dollar sign that bounces you can actually if you hit that you can donate through paypal monthly it'll you know do a monthly paypal debit and everything like that and then that's awesome all i all i do is keep track of that on private emails and then everything every every perk that patreon gets whatever you do there i take care of you too so sure sure well pete we definitely thank you uh for coming on the show here Really great talking to you. Appreciate it, Matt. Thank you. Everybody that's listening, you know what to do. Go like, subscribe, tell a friend. Let's uh, let's keep building this thing together. Peace. Fight. We will not back down.